as you've probably noticed, we have lots of guests with us today, um, people who are here back um, to celebrate homecoming. Um, just a couple quick announcements. I know you guys have probably the schedule of activities, so hopefully you'll all be able to participate in those and um, join the street fair. I know your fellow students have been working hard at um, all the events that are scheduled for this week, so be sure to join out and participate. Let me pray for us as we, as we begin chapel this morning. Lord, we thank you once again, Lord, for this space um, and this time together as a community, Lord, to um, reflect on your presence that is here with us. And Lord, we just, um, we thank you for this um, day and weekend of celebration, Lord, as we remember your faithfulness for this community, for the many people and lives that you have brought through this place, um, Lord, that have experienced you here um, within this chapel and throughout the um, the buildings of this campus. And God, we just give you thanks and praise for your faithfulness. And so we, we welcome you here this morning as we gather together as a community um, to worship you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Ruth Ann Miller grew up as a pastor's kid in the Church of the Nazarene. She graduated from ENC with a BA in sociology. Working in the ENC dining hall, she met her husband, Robert, while serving a Thanksgiving meal. They will be celebrating 50 years of marriage in December with their four children and 17 grandchildren. After graduation, she started teaching English at North Quincy High School. Then, after moving to Georgia, started graduate work in early childhood development at the University of Georgia. Professionally, she has taught English in public schools, taught at a church preschool for six years, and became a director of another preschool for 10 years. She has also launched a business, The Courage Line, which produces and distributes products that promote courage. The vision for this, co for this company is to notice and support the courage of ordinary people facing the fears and challenges of life with grit and grace. She returned to graduate school and received a master's in social work. She started working part-time at Nationwide Children's Hospital, teaching short-term parent education classes. At 60 years old, while teaching part-time at the hospital, she became a social worker for early intervention school for special needs children, an experience that has changed her life and helped her to connect in a deeper way than ever before with the stories of others. Dr. Wayne E. Dunlop. Dr. Wayne Dunlop graduated with a BA in English from ENC, where he met his wife, Virginia. Since 1965, he has received a master's in English as a second language from the University of Illinois, master's in social work from the University of Chicago, and a doctorate in adult education from Columbia University. After graduation, he served in the Peace Corps in Nigeria, West Africa. He also served in the U.S. Army during the conflict in Vietnam, where he was stationed and where he put to use his skills as an editor of an Army newspaper. Upon his return to the U.S., he married and served more than 25 years as a faculty member and administrator at ENC. During his years at ENC, he was an assistant professor of English, associate professor of social work, and program director and associate academic dean of non-traditional education. He then devoted 11 years to Mount Vernon Nazarene University as professor of social work. While he retired in 2013, professor emeritus of social work, his passion for teaching and learning continues to drive his interest. He is an adjunct faculty mentor and coach at Mount Vernon, volunteers at Hope Now Furniture Bank, 
serves on the visitation committee of his church and has recently begun leading a Wesleyan class there. Roland A. Gibson graduated ENC with a BA in general liberal arts. He began his educational career as a junior high school as a junior high social studies teacher in Harvard, Mass, working with low group and at-risk students as well as high achieving students. He came to understand factors that influence student achievement, especially teacher expectations, often referred to as unconscious bias, and equally important, students' perceptions about their own ability. He focused on developing techniques to motivate students who believed they were not smart. As a graduate school adjunct professor at UMass Lowell, he challenged master and doctoral students to seek ways to improve the teaching and learning process for all students by examining their own views and beliefs. Roland has been an exceptional change agent, modeling what he teaches, collaborating with others to improve the educational process. As a small business owner, Roland consulted with inner city community-based agencies, principals, and superintendents on a variety of issues. Effective goal setting and planning, constructive change, team building, conflict resolution, problem solving, parent training, cultural diversity, race relations, and board and staff development. He is happy to be a catalyst facilitating a process which enables clients to solve problems and achieve goals. Roland has been very active in serving the community where he lives, providing leadership roles in his church, the Congregational Church of Littleton, and in the town government, including school committee and town government study committee. Jack Wooling graduated from ENC with a BA in psychology. He went on to receive a master's from Boston's college and a second master's at University of California in public health. Originally from Boston, Jack has been living in California since 1967. He enjoys meeting people and spending his time helping his community. He has been part of ministry staff at Southside Church of Christ since 1985. While a professor at the church, he has been very active in missions as well as providing premarital counseling. He has been married to his wife, Ernestine, for 48 years. Jack doesn't waste any time getting to the heart of the conversation and showing his love of God. One of his greatest joys is getting to know his friends, peers, and strangers on a deeper level. Since we all have different gifts and talents, Jack seeks to work with people to understand how they think and observe the ways in which they function. He has been a minister in three churches, recently celebrating 30 years at Southside Church of Christ. Before he was a minister, he was a hospital administrator for 25 years. He has helped build a fund schools in Nigeria, Panama, and Cameroon. Rebecca Welsh Long graduated from ENC with a BS in sports management. From 2003 to 2007, she was a standout basketball and softball player. She graduated as the women's basketball program's all-time leading scorer with 1,662 career points. Long was a four-time All-CC performer for the women's basketball team and a two-time All-CC honoree for the softball team. She was named to the All-CCC second team in basketball as a sophomore and a senior and received All-CCC honorable mention as a freshman and a junior. Long picked up back-to-back All-CCC second team accolades in softball as a sophomore and as a junior. In 2000, the 2006 to 2007 ENC Female Athlete of the Year, Long capped off her playing career with 908 rebounds, 347 steals, and 226 assists on the court to go with her 1,662 points. On the diamond, she landed 110 hits, 
drove in 65 RBIs, and also pitched 165 innings. After graduating from Eastern Nazarene in 2007, Long returned to her alma mater in the spring of 2009 to serve as the head coach of the softball program for two years. She married her husband in 2008, and they have three children, Sydney, Lila, and Dylan. Lois Malvalsi was born and raised in Quincy. She graduated from ENC with a BA in physical education. While at ENC, she played on the women's basketball team and volleyball teams from 1977 to 1981. During her career, the Crusaders volleyball team racked up 108 victories, and the women's basketball team won 54 games. She propelled the Crusaders' powerhouse volleyball program to three consecutive tournament finals and helped the team to capture the 1977 and 1979 crowns. In 1979, Malvasi was named the Division II MVP and to the New England Invitational All-Tournament Team after leading Eastern Nazarene to the championship. Malvasi played a key role in guiding the Crusaders to the 1977-78 MAIAW tournament title. As a junior in 1979 to 1980, she was named to the WCIA All-Tournament Team after Eastern Nazarene suffered a one-point loss in the championship contest. In 2012, she was inducted into the Quincy High School's Athletic Hall of Fame. Lois is very thankful for her years on the ENC women's basketball and volleyball teams. While thankful for winning streaks in and on the basketball court and volleyball court and for the victories at King's Tournament, she is more thankful for a team of spirited athletes who had the drive and determination to make it to the top. Clay Halliday graduated from ENC with a BS in physical education. He starred on the baseball diamond and the basketball court for the Crusaders from 1979 to 1983. He is just one of three players in school history to amass 2,000 career points, and he ranks third all-time with 2,001 points. Halliday earned NCAA All-American Honorable Mention as a senior at Eastern Nazarene College. He returned to ENC in 1986 to coach the Crusaders basketball team for five seasons. He has been a middle school health teacher for 20 years as well as owning and operating a golf driving range for five. Since graduating from ENC, his love of sports has continued to grow. He has officiated basketball for 30 years at the high school and college levels and umpired baseball for five years. He has also coached baseball at Noble High School, Middle School, and Little League, including all of his son's Little League teams. Rodney Thomas graduated from ENC with a BA in Business Administration. Thomas played four seasons for Eastern Nazarene's men's basketball team from 1984 to 1989. His 1,662 career points rank him seventh on the program's all-time scoring list. Thomas gathered 409 rebounds and dished out 232 assists in his career. He led the Crusaders in a scoring during his junior and senior seasons and also served as team captain as a senior. Twice, Rodney had serious health issues in December 1984. He was diagnosed with acute diabetes, but insisted on returning to ENC for the following semester. In June 2007, due to kidney failure, he went through home dialysis while waiting for a kidney donor. Ronnie's college friend, Mark Mann, was able to donate a kidney to save Ronnie's life. Mark's generous gift allowed Ronnie to enjoy several more years with the loved ones of his life, his children, Carolyn, Ryan, Dylan, and Drew. His family was very important to Ronnie, and the love of, his, of that insisted his children to, to his greatest legacy. 
He passed away in 2014. Please give a hand to the 2015 Hall of Fame inductees and Lifetime Service Achievement recipients. I am Rebecca Shaw, the Director of Alumni Relations, <laughs> and today marks the beginning of Homecoming Weekend. <laughs> and through all the events happening on and off campus for alumni and students, we would like to celebrate difference makers. So from the award winner bios that you just heard to the Homecoming Court tonight, and one other difference maker that we would like to honor is Joyce Young, who passed away during Homecoming last year. The flowers up front are in her honor, and we would like to celebrate her legacy through the ENC Women's Organization and fundraisers for student scholarships. Please take a moment to honor her memory. I'd like to introduce our chapel speaker for this morning. Today we have with us Pastor Bud Reedy. He has been the pastor of Still Meadow Church of the Nazarene in Pennsylvania. He just celebrated his 25th year anniversary. He's in his 26th year. He graduated from ENC, majoring in literature speech, and is also a graduate from Nazarene Theological Seminary. He is currently on the board of trustees here at ENC. He and his wife, Sally, have been married for 40 years, and together they have two kids, Greg and Heather, and three grandchildren. Please join me in welcoming Pastor Bud Reedy this morning. Thank you. I'm honored. In 1939, an 18-year-old boy named Joe got on a train in Hagerstown, Maryland, and made the long trip to College Park, Maryland, because, you see, um, he had been awarded a scholarship to play football um, and baseball at the University of Maryland. He was a terpy. And he had a really great career playing football. He was a good student, had a wonderful experience at the University of Maryland. In his uh, junior year, he met a girl. Her name was, ooh, ooh. Uh, her name was Loretta, and she was a Nazarene girl from Oakland, Maryland. They began to date. They went home a few weekends uh, out of the semester while he wasn't playing football. And he went to a little revival service at a, a holiness mission in Oakland, Maryland. And it was there uh, that God just ambushed him. And um, he uh, just collapsed into the arms of our gracious God and became a believer. Well, then his senior year was really, really different. There were really three incredible things that happened his senior year. Um, first is he married the girl, put a ring on her. And secondly, he received a letter from the New York football giants inviting him to come for a playoff or for a tryout. Um, and just about the same time, he received another letter. Um, it was from Uncle Sam. Uh, I want you. And so you know what he did. He put on a uniform, was commissioned as an officer in the Army, and spent the next 
two years in northern Africa. Um, I want to talk just for a second about that particular generation. Um, Here's what they did. Uh, They left their hometowns and got on trains and planes and boats and uh, went to basic training. And with very little training, um, they they went off and, and, and beat down a couple of world tyrants and, and made the world safe for democracy, came home and with very little education um, and uh, very little money, built the greatest middle class in the history of civilization. That's all they did. And I agree with you, we're standing on their shoulders today. I, I, hope, I hope you understand that. So anyway, he just began to pursue the American dream after two years in the Army. He came back to Frostburg, Maryland, where he was a high school physical education teacher and high school math teacher. He also started the football program there at Bell High School in Frostburg, Maryland. And uh, boy, just uh, had the idyllic life, you know, started having children, bought a little house on uh, Bell Street and started having children. Uh, He had a a son, Stanley, who attended Eastern Nazarene College and then graduated, I mean, uh, transferred and went to uh, University of Maryland where uh, he got a degree in music and, and, and taught in the uh, Maryland school system, public school system, for 30 years as a choral teacher. And then his second son also went to the University of Maryland, was a physical education teacher, and uh, played football at Maryland. Go figure. His third kid was this gorgeous redheaded girl who also came to Eastern Nazarene College um, and graduated in 1976, and I put a ring on her finger. That's right. <laughs> and then their, their fourth kid also came to Eastern Nazarene College and graduated in the early 80s and married a Corbin boy. So, you know, even though, you know, the guy went to Maryland, played football, there's a, ENC is a part of their story. Well, one day, um, the district superintendent uh, from uh, the, the old Washington district, uh, a guy named E.E. E. Gross, came to Joe and said, uh, you know, there's a little um, church here in Cumberland, Maryland, and I'd like you to pastor it. And so he entered the course of study. I mean, he, he went old school in the course of study. He took a correspondence course. I still have a lot of his notebooks that he filled out while he took a correspondence course and uh, gr- graduated and was ordained um, an elder in the Church of the Nazarene and, and pastored that little church there bivocationally um, for about seven years. And then the DS came to him again and said, you know, there's this little struggling church down in southern Maryland called Hollywood. It's a struggling little concern. Um, it's not going to be an easy place to pastor, uh, but would you be open to that? Well, uh, Rev... Uh, said yes, and he got his family, and and they moved to Hollywood, Maryland, which was my hometown. I vividly remember the day they arrived. I'm serious. I was seven years old. Uh, The van pulled up, and the the, the boys got out, and I was immediately scared of them. And But this little girl in, in, in a fluffy little dress with red curly hair got out, and I thought to myself, I kid you not, that's the most beautiful girl I have ever seen in my life. That's right. I married a girl. And Joe Hoopengardner, this football player, this athlete, um, this war veteran, became my pastor. And for 27 years, he was my pastor. Um, He was my mentor. 
He was my pastor. He was my friend. He was my hero. He was everything I wanted to be as a man. Everything I wanted to be was embodied in Joe Hoopengardner. And so God called me to preach, and I went to seminary, and, and then I was about to be ordained into ministry there in Effort of Pennsylvania in 1981. So Bays and Katie Reedy, my parents, got in a car with Joe and Loretta Hoopengardner, Sally's parents, and, and they, they made the trip from Hollywood, Maryland to Effort of Pennsylvania, and I was going to be ordained that night by uh, a guy named William Greathouse. It was a wonderful moment in time. And so we're having dinner at Zen's Diner. It doesn't even exist anymore. But for those of you who were around Ephrata at that time, it was, it was the diner with the big Amish guy out front. So we, we sat down and we're having dinner. And we got near the end of the dinner. And I said, well, it's time for us to go over to the Ephrata church um, because the general superintendent wants to grill me one more time. So um, we, I said, Rev, I said, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you a question. You, you've been my hero. You've been my mentor. Um, you're, you've been my pastor, and now you're my father-in-law. What advice would you give me on this important day in my life? What advice would you give me? I said, because I am sure, Rev, I will remember what you say to me. I am sure that I will remember it, and, and sure enough, I do. Uh, he, he paused for a moment, and he looked at me, and he said, Buddy, don't do anything stupid. Sadly, I have not taken his advice very well. In fact, I'm really nervous um, about speaking here today. My goal is to just not say anything stupid. Now, Sally is, is really wishing that she could be here today. Someone's got to work. So Sally could not be here today. But I asked her, what are some things that I just should not say today? And, uh, and, and she, she made these suggestions to me. If it's okay with you, I'd like to read them. And even if it's not okay with you, I think I'll read them. <laughs> Number one, do not mention that the room, board, and tuition my freshman year was $1,800. Don't mention that. That would be stupid. Number two, do not, and she was emphatic about this. Do not tell any jokes. I said, Sally, you know how much I love to tell jokes. I mean, how about the one about the Jewish rabbi and, and the Catholic priest and the evangelical pastor that walked into a bar? And the bartender said, what is this, a joke? So for me to tell that joke at the homecoming chapel would just be, what? Number three, no references to politics. None. It would upset people, so I won't. However, I must tell you that this is my favorite tie. I mean, this tie pops, doesn't it? This is my favorite tie, but here's the deal. It's a Donald Trump tie. And when I wear a Trump tie, I am tempted to say really stupid things. (laughs) 
Sally gave me some good advice, didn't she? And number four, um, Sally, you know what I'm thinking about doing? I'm thinking about just telling a story. Um, I'm thinking that what I'd like to do today is just to tell a story of uh, God's faithfulness to us. Uh, And I think I'd like to tell them the story about boo-boo shoes. Do you think that would be stupid? And she said, oh, no. That would not be stupid. So, guys, this particular sermon has Sally Hoopengardner Reedy's approval. Um, all of Scripture is inspiring, right? Isn't that what Paul said to his Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.16? All Scripture is inspired by God, and it is useful to teach us what is true and to help us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, And it teaches us to do what is right. So we all know that the totality of Scripture is inspired. But do you have life verses? Because I think there are some verses that are more inspiring than others. And I want to share my two life verses with you. The first is uh, uh, Philippians uh, 4.19. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's one of my life verses. That verse, is, that verse inspires me today. And the other uh, is from 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Faithful is he who calls you. He will also do it. So 40 years of marriage, 40 years of ministry, 25 years um, Uh, in ministry at the Stillmeadow Church of the Nazarene, um, I can attest to the faithfulness of God. Um, You can stand on His promises. Don't take my word for it. Um, The Scripture is very clear that that a faithful God loves us and and that uh, He is has been faithful to us. So there's a lot of stories I could share right at this time. Um, I want to be careful about the time, though. Um, We're talking 25 minutes. And so how much time do I have? I have 10 minutes? Outstanding. My district superintendent is here. And so I'd like to call upon him for some help. This is Dr. Ken Mills. Um, when When I get near the time, would you just simply hold that up? Thank you. And because my DS is holding it, I will take it seriously. (laughs) So uh, just let me tell you this quick story. We were in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I had just graduated from uh, from seminary, and we went to plant a church in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I loved it. It was a wonderful experience. Um, No building, uh, hardly any money, just a Bible and 13 people. And we started a congregation in my home there at the corner of Chocolate, Chocolate Avenue and Cocoa Lane. I kid you not. No, I'm not kidding. Um, So we had that first service in 1980. And by the way, in that very first service, um, the mother and the grandmother of a couple of alums, Dr. David Fair and Paige Fair, who some of you know, uh, Paige's grandmother sat down and played the piano, and we sang Great is Thy Faithfulness. And and that's just been one of my themes down through my life. The, the, the faithfulness of God. Well, I was pastoring this little church. I didn't know it at the time, but I was living below the poverty line. Uh, I do know we ate a lot of government cheese. 
but we're, we're pastoring, digging this church out, and it was a wonderful experience. And, uh, and uh, so one day, I want to say this was like in 1983, um, my Heather, who I call Boo, um, she, yeah, that's right, um, uh, she was two or three years old at the time, and uh, so uh, I was getting ready to go to the printer's to get the bulletin done for Sunday. And so um, Sally said, could Boo go along with you? I said, oh, that would be fun. So she, she jumped in the car, and I put her in the car seat, and she said something like this, my feet are cold. It was, it was a cold day, and it was snowy and kind of slushy, and there was that nasty, slushy stuff on the ground, the cold stuff. And I said, oh, yeah, I know. It's very, very cold outside. And she got in the car, and we strapped her in. And I said, oh, your feet are cold. Let me put your feet up on the, uh, the heater, you know. And so I put her feet up there. And when I, when I grabbed her little foot and put it up there, I realized that the bottoms of her shoes were flapping down. And all of that cold, slushy, nasty stuff had gotten up in her shoes and gotten her little socks wet and gotten her feet wet. And I, I said, oh, boo, I'm awfully sorry. I said, let's put your foot up here and we'll, we'll dry it out on the heater. And so then and I, God and I started having a conversation. Okay, Lord, I'm willing to make sacrifices. I really am. And I have. And God, have I ever complained to you about the government cheese and the, and the thrift store clothing and, and, and my ball tires on my beat-up car? Have I ever complained once to you about that? No. But this is my little girl. This is Boo. Okay? She didn't sign on for this. And God and I had a conversation. You ever have one of those conversations with God? I felt in that moment like uh, uh, St. Teresa of Avila who prayed the prayer. You know, God, you'd have more friends if you treated the ones you had a little better. just let God have it. So we're on the way to the printers, right? And I had to stop at the gas station there uh, to put air in my tires. That's right, air in my tires every day. I had to put air in my tires because I couldn't afford new ones. And so I went over to the air machine where you put in the quarter to get air. Oh, by the way, does that tick anybody else off? You got to pay for air? Let's not even talk about pay toilets. Let's not even talk about that. I'm an angry man. So I got out of my car and I went over to put air in my tires. And I looked down on the ground and there was a a dollar. There was a bill. U.S. currency. And I and I picked it up and it was rolled up and I, and I went like this. And it was a twenty dollar bill. I went, oh, my word. So I walked over to the attendant, and I said, you know, I found some money in the parking lot. Here's my card, and if a person can call me and and tell me the amount and also give me the serial numbers on it, (laughs) I would be glad to return it. Has God ever spoken to you in a louder than audible voice? As I was getting back in my car, The Lord said to me, 
nobody's going to call for that money. That's boo-boo's shoes. So I real quick went to the printers and got the printing and, and come home and, and came home and I said, Sally, Sally, get Greg. We're going to Walmart. <laughs> so we got the car loaded up and went to Walmart. Man, we walked in there like we were real people. Yeah. Where are the children's shoes? We walked in there like we owned a place. And I said, kids, you can pick out whatever shoes you want. And Greg picked out some G.I. Joe camouflage shoes with the Velcro. Those, those shoes were nuclear, man. I mean, he may still be wearing them. I don't know. But Heather walked, uh, Boo walked over. And uh, she said, Daddy, Daddy, can I have the Kajapat shoes? What do you mean? The Kajapat, the what? The Kajapat, Kajapat, Kajapat shoes, these shoes. Pink, little pink shoes. And I said, sure. I didn't even check the price. We walked up to the counter. We put the shoes up there. She checked the price and added it up, and it was $19 and some change. I put that $20 bill down on the counter. I said, you can keep the change. that moment that I learned and have been learning about the faithfulness of God. Because you need, you need to understand something. It's God who called me. I mean, I was a senior here at Eastern Nazarene Co- College minding my own business, planning to do something else with my life. And I was in a spring revival service here in 1975. Dr. Mel McCullough was the speaker. I have no idea what he preached on this morning. But I do know this. I went It's downstairs now. I came to the altar. I threw myself across the altar, and I said, God, I'll just do anything you want me to do. And I believe that God entirely sanctified me, sanctified me through and through. And the confirmation of my calling is closely connected to my experience of entire sanctification. It was the one last thing that I had been unwilling to give to God. So I know He called me, and that's why I'm standing on the promise, even to this day, faithful is the one who calls us. If he calls you to something, it may be dangerous, but it is the best place to live because you have the promise of God's faithfulness no matter where you go or what you do. If he's called you to it, do not be afraid to embrace your calling. And so to this day, I have a little table set up next to my desk at home in the changing room. I have pictures of my children, and I have this. Lorraine? Every girl went, oh! And a guy. One guy. Now, I know, I, I really and truly thought about putting uh, that, that, that shoe on the altar this morning. Am I still good, Doc? Oh, okay, thank you. I really and truly thought about putting the shoe on the, altar, on, on the communion table this morning, not because it's one of our sacraments, but because it's sacramental. Do you understand the difference? That it's a very common, ordinary thing, Lorraine. 
very common, ordinary thing that is a symbol of God's faithfulness and love to me. And every day before I walk out my door, I'm reminded of boo-boo shoes. I, I want to tell you that there are a lot of people here who have stories very, very similar to that. Of God's faithfulness. And this morning, I want to encourage you. You don't take my word for it. You can stand upon the authority of God's word. If God calls you to something, do not be afraid. I'm going to ask my good friend, Donovan Cole, to come this morning. Could you grab a hymn book, Donovan? That one right on top there would be great. And you know what I'd like to do? Donovan and I graduated together in 1975 from ENC. And uh, Donovan has been faithfully serving the Lord in Kingston, Jamaica all of these years. Donovan was, Donovan was the student body president here at ENC in 1975. And when I think of faithfulness, I've got to be really honest with you. I think of Donovan. Because, uh, yes, because... You have ministered in a tough place. Um, and this is not an easy thing that God has called us to. But God has been faithful. And I just thought we could turn in our hymn books. By the way, look, this is a hymn book. Okay? I'd like for us to turn to uh, hymn number um, 44, Great is Thy Faithfulness. You know what I'd like to do in closing? I would like for us to simply give praise to God for the times that He has been faithful and the ways in which He has been faithful to you. And as we sing, I want you to remember, I want you to reconnect with those moments where you just knew that what God had just provided, was in keeping with his promise that he made to you. So let's sing it together a cappella, Brother Donovan. Want to give it a shot? And as soon as I can make it. <laughs> yeah. And we need you to help us. Could you sing along? Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Second verse. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above, join with all Oh. Uh-huh.
pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Praise, church. Give him praise. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings. Blessings on my ten thousand with ten thousand beside. Let's sing it, church. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. Let's give him praise, church. Let us look to our faithful God in prayer. Faithful you are, faithful you have been, and faithful you will be, for you cannot deny yourself, even when we are faithless, even when we are unbelieving, you cannot deny yourself. And truly you are faithful, you are faithful and true. We thank you for what you have been for us. And we look forward to the days to come with all the challenges, knowing that we walk not alone. But we walk with you, we walk in your hand, we walk beside you, and you walk beside us, carrying us faithfully through. Even to old age, you are who you are. You are faithful to the end with us. And we trust you today and will trust you tomorrow. We lay down our lives again. And should we have an opportunity to choose again, we would choose you. And thank you for doing for us all you have done. Dismiss us, we pray, with the choicest of your blessings. And cause our hearts and our spirits to continually rise up to you. Honoring you for the faithfulness that you have shown to us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And amen.